now. Thank you that you're near us, Lord. You never leave us or forsake us. Some, some of you need to hear that in your hearts. You know, he's not going to leave you or forsake you. You're not alone. Even though situations feel alone, even though moments feel alone, he's above your feelings. It's a solid place you can trust. We thank you, God. We just love you. We lift our eyes towards you. We trust you. We hope in you, God in you, Lord. Where else can we go, Lord? You alone have the words of life. Let your words, Lord, penetrate and sharpen and, and motivate us towards loving you more and living lives that are pleasing to you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And we, as we get in the word, Lord, I ask that you'd continue to do what you're doing so well. It's drawing near to us. It's freeing us. It's speaking to us. That's just who you are. Just keep being who you are, Lord. We just surrender with joy to you. Okay, hi everyone. Good stuff. Um, hey, we need, um, let's see. Uh, hey, Kevin, can you do me a favor? In that cloud, this isn't a joke or anything, I promise it's not. Okay, you can trust me. I got, there's a blue ball, and there's a box of stuff. Can you get that out? Okay, we need a chair. You're gonna be Jesus in a minute. You're good, this is good, this right here, it's fine. Chris will be Jesus in a little bit. All right. Hey, um, did you guys see the Instagram post earlier today or earlier this week about the map? No. Yes. Why is it? Is it echoing? I don't know. Um, it's okay if you didn't. Um, the the phrase that, that we're going after today is simplify the journey. Okay. Thank you. So we got a little box of tricks here. It's going to be fun. Um, phrase we're going after simplify the journey. Okay. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. Um, and, and so I thought we're, where we start is we're actually going to do a, a little uh, fun um, life example, and we're going to get into the word about how this applies. So I need someone. Is anyone in this room familiar with one of these? Like, they know how to use one. Come on, help me. Danny, come here, Danny. Get up here. Okay. So Danny is felt. Is that a good word for Danny? Felt? Yeah. Svelte. Isn't that like you're ripped, you got muscles? Okay, so Danny, what do you do for that? How do you, like, right, do you sit on, sit on the ball? Okay. 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 Are you able to balance without your feet in the air, or do you need something to prop you up? But, like, feel the core, right? Feel the core. Okay. Ah, thanks, me. Did anyone get that on camera? Because that was awesome. That was amazing. Okay, so you, know, you can have this, and you can only put the ball of your foot on it or your toe. One of them. So you can use this as a little bit of a balancing item. Okay. A little bit. But it, you okay. take only the ball of your foot. Oh, only. So just a little bit. Because I want you okay. to not fall, but feel like you're going to fall. Feel it. Is that better? A little bit? Okay. Okay, you can put your feet down for a second. Okay. Here, here's the example we're going to go after. You guys ever heard the phrase, I want to live a balanced life? Okay? Want to live a balanced life? And that involves a lot of things. So if you're just recently graduated the last couple of years, you're like, I want to live a balanced life. I want a good job. Um, I want to have some fun. I, I, now I got responsibilities. If you get into your late 20s and 30s, you're like, I'm kind of in my career, maybe. You get a little more established. But that's still a heart cry of most of us. It's just, I want to live a balanced life. Anyone ever had one of those weekends where you get to Sunday night and you're like, I need another weekend? Please. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or you get it done on vacation, you're like, uh, another vacation would be nice? That was tiring, right? Okay? So we're just, I, so this is all of our life, but Danny just gets to be our example. Am I done? No, you're not done. You're just getting, you're just getting started. So you can, you can use that as a little bit of a, a holder upper. Okay, so Danny is like, she wants to live a balanced life, right? So Danny's like, yeah, I want to go, I want to sleep good. Yeah? Danny's like, I want to sleep good. And Danny's like, hey, watch out for the dangers. You like this one. Always be prepared. <laughs> Am I still 
Yeah, you're still balancing. So Danny's like, I got to be mindful of the balanced life. I got to be mindful of what if, what if the economy crashes tomorrow? I got to make sure to invest a little bit. Or what if my job ends? What do I do? Danny's got a little bit of concerns. Okay, balanced life. But Danny's like, oh yeah, but I got to chill out a little bit. I got to enjoy my coffee. Hold my coffee, Antioch mug, love it. Um, so Danny's like, hey, that's a balanced life. If I got my caution, I get some good sleep, I get my coffee. But Danny's like, oh yeah, I got to exercise. Here, here's your exercise. I don't know how you can hold those. So Danny's like, I'm exercising because that's a balanced life. People tell me I need to exercise to be healthy. And then Danny's like, oh, I wish I had a dog. So Danny's like, yeah, give me a dog. So Danny's living the balanced life here, sort of. And then Danny's like, wait, I need recreation in my life. I'm going to play pickleball. So Danny's like, give me some pickleball gear. Here, you want that? Oh, you dropped the dog. Danny, the dog got dropped. It's all right, balanced life. And then Danny's like, oh, I need Jesus, and I need a really big Bible. So make sure to fit Jesus in your balanced life. You got it? It's the Amplified, so it's going to be really rich. Um, and then Danny's like, I need good food and good barbecue. How about Dickie's? So Danny's like, hold the Dickie's cup. Don't fall off your ball, Danny, because you're living a balanced life. And then Danny's like, I need, I need work that satisfies me. I got a hammer. Probably hammer doesn't satisfy her, but this recommends or, or represents a satisfied life. Okay? And then Danny's friends call and go, Danny, let's go camping. And Danny's like, I'm in. Let me get my backpack and my gear. Okay? This is Danny living a balanced life until something comes along and goes, oh, what just happened? And her feet go on the ground and she can't stand. Feel the burn, okay? Okay. So you got, you got it? You got it. We're good now. Yeah. Yeah. Until something else happens. Okay. So you guys get the point? Yeah. Okay. So Danny, go stand on that chair. Can I keep the mug? Yeah, you can, you're not a visitor. You can, yeah, sure. Yeah, so you can have the mug. Okay, here's number two. Here's a bounce life. You're Jesus. I'm Jesus. You're Jesus. Danny's like, Danny's living life, doing her job, having friends, doing life group, all that stuff. And then she's like, oh, I'm so tired. And her tendency would be going, no, no, no I'm going to keep doing stuff because stuff's fun. But then she goes, hey, Jesus. I'm really tired. What do you think I should do? And Jesus goes, hey, why don't you take a nap? That's the most holy thing you can do right now is take a nap. And Danny's like, I'm out. Or maybe Jesus says, hey, Danny, why don't you actually cancel your plans this weekend? I just want to be with you more. And Jesus hands, and, and, and Jesus hands Danny the word of God. And so if Danny wouldn't have asked, if Danny would have juggled it with 5,000 other things, do you think she would have possibly gotten the revelation she needed in that weekend? But if she hears him say, hey, I want to be with you. I know you're getting time with me, but he's like, hey, tonight, why don't you cancel your plans and just go lock yourself in your room, you and me, in your Bible, and let's talk. Or maybe she's like, man, I've been working super hard. God, what do I do? And she's like, that would be fun. My friends are going camping. And she's like, no, no, I got to keep working. And then she goes, Jesus, what do you think I should do? So Jesus goes, hey, why don't you tell your friends yes? Why don't you go camping? So she walks into fun with permission instead of guilt. Anyone feel guilty at times? She walks in with permission, her savior, because she submitted her life to him. He helps her live a balanced life. She doesn't have to figure it out herself because there's a day and we've all had them where that ball gets kicked out from underneath you and everything goes crashing down. And then we spend the next week, two weeks, three weeks, trying to put it all back together again and live our life balanced. And I just want to say, this is the most balanced way to live. In fact, there's a scripture in Isaiah, Isaiah 33, that says, he's a sure foundation for my time, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of that. Let me say it again. He, Jesus, is a sure foundation for, for Danny's time. He's this chair. He's not this exercise ball. Jesus is a sure foundation for Danny's time, her life. But she won't know he's a sure foundation unless she says, I surrender and I walk with you. Would you lead me? And then he, he, she learns to ask questions of him and he interacts with her and she lives in healthy community. So if she's like, I'm taking the next year off to backpack around Arizona, 
Her friends and healthy community go, uh, that's a really bad idea. I think you missed him. And her heart is submitted to, that, to that, that community to be able to go, oh, maybe I should ask him again. Can you guys pray with me? Okay, so community helps us not get off the rails. Okay, thank you. Okay. <laughs> Way to go, Jesus. Okay, or you get that text from buddies that are like, um, people are like, hey, let's go pick up, play pickleball. And you're like, no, I gotta do my taxes. What if you stopped and you said, Lord, what do you think I should do? That would be so fun to go play pickleball. And what if you waited enough and you stilled your heart enough that you just waited and he said, let's go play pickleball together with your friends. The mug. Ah, the mug. The mug. The mug. Okay. You guys make, that make sense? Okay. Anyone want the ball? No. Okay. Um, okay. That's where we're going tonight. All right. So, um, I actually have this, this picture in my mind that, that we're going to talk about tonight that probably five months ago, I was driving down Dobson. We live in Dobson Ranch, and I was driving to Dobson here. And this is one way that God speaks to me, interacts with me. So I was driving down, and there's, some, there's sometimes this thought goes through my mind, and it's like this pause moment. It's not like anxiety. It's more like, hey, let's talk about this. This is important. Drive around, and I feel that. And I go, okay. Yeah, and, and I, felt, I felt like he said... Um, or he brought to mind some different scenarios in people's lives where, where they get out of college and into career life and they start realizing they're not okay. And then they start realizing their families aren't okay. And then they start realizing the world's not okay. And they just get thrown off because they're so focused on pain. They get out of the, the structured environments of college into adult life and they have responsibilities and stuff starts, starts getting turned upside down. So I'm driving along and I felt like he, he felt like he was like, hey, th this, there's a balanced way of living that takes account for my humanity, my parents' problems that they gave me, and, you know, just all this happened to me and today. And, and so I was like, God, what is it that, that would simplify? That was the word that just kept coming to mind when I was talking to him. I said, what is it that simplifies this journey? And he gave me this picture. And so I've been sitting on it and praying over us for like four or five months for this, this picture of how it simplifies our journey. So that's what we're after tonight. What I hope is it normalizes what we experience, and it also invites us into this. Sometimes life can feel super complex because we're sitting on the bouncy ball and trying to balance everything out. And Jesus is like, hey, just walk with me. Stand over here. I'm the foundation for you. And sometimes, it, anyone else held this? We're like, that foundation's shaky right now. Something feels off. And we know conceptually and theologically he's not, but it sure feels that way but we stay there and we wait and he heals and he speaks and he restores and his word comes alive to us and all the good stuff we need in the moment. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> um, we're going to, so if you could put that first slide up, we're going to kind of unpack these three pictures. So that's great. Yeah, it's great. Okay. Ah, uh, uh, catch it for a ghost. Um, this is the first picture adoration. Okay, so let me ask this question. Has anyone ever used the word adoration in the last week of their life? You have? You're kidding. As a worship leader. Okay, okay, easy enough. So this is what I was picturing. Like, you don't walk with your friends to Chick-fil-A, and you're like, oh, I have adoration for Chick-fil-A and the sauce. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a weird word, unless you're a worship leader, and then maybe it's a good word. But you know what I'm saying? So what does adoration mean? What does adoration mean to you? You guys know me. I like participation. What is it? Praise. Adoration is like praise. Okay. Affection. What else? Ah. Okay. Yeah. Fawn over something. What does fawn mean? Can you show us real quick? No, I'm just kidding. Right here. Right here. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Define over. I get you. I just thought it'd be funny to see you turn red a little bit. <laughs> Um, to fawn over something, okay? What else does adoration mean? To adore. Yeah, okay. Okay, attention, captivated, yeah. The value statement, okay? Great. What else? Um, when I looked it up, it's all these things you guys are saying. It's also respect, reverence, strong admiration, devoted love. So let me simplify adoration, okay? 
If love and worship had a baby, that's adoration. Okay, so not from if love like this, I'm in love with you, God, I love you. And worship, God, I choose to lean into you because you're king. If they had a baby, it'd be adoration. Okay, that's the offspring of the overflows of our heart. Because sometimes if you're like me, sometimes you're like, oh, I just, I'm in love with it. There's this affection that wells up. And other times I'm not feeling it. But it's like, I'm choosing to worship you because you're king. That was me this morning. I didn't feel like it. So I open the word. I'm actually memorizing Isaiah 53 right now. I'm reading through and I'm just reminded again of Jesus and who he is. And I'm like, worship explodes in my heart. So sometimes we're on the worship end and we're not feeling the ooey gooey's, the fawning moment, as John does at times, apparently. Um, (laughs) And sometimes we're on that end of things, okay? So I just want to submit to us, we're created to adore God. We are made on this planet to love him. And this life has sin and this life has pain and this life has struggle. This life has questions. It's just all of us in the room and everyone we know, those things derail at times our affections. Okay. So what I want us to do, um, actually, let me ask this and we'll look at, look at revelation in a minute. Um, who in your life would you go? I see that big picture in this person's life. I see like the big picture we're talking about adoration. They're a worshiper. They love God. There's just something about them. I want to be around them because they're around him. You guys know what I'm saying? Okay. Anyone, who in your life is like that? What's that? Your roommate. Great. Yeah. Okay. Who else? I can say two people that came to mind, and, and forgive me if your name isn't mentioned right now, you're awesome too, but there's two people that came to mind. And actually one was John, not just because I'm picking on you a minute ago, but <laughs> um, I've had conversations with John where I've asked him to do th- like for a retreat or some other things, and he prayed, and he said, and he's like, yeah, I, wanna, I would love to do that, or this or that. And he prays, and he comes back, and he says, Jesus, I don't feel like Jesus said to do that. And I was like, are you, are you sure? Yeah, I don't feel like God said to do it. And, and we actually had a conversation today about overseas trips a little bit. And he was just asking more questions. And again, the conversation turned to John going, I'm going to ask Jesus. I'll talk to you a little bit later. And I, and, I, and I hung up and I thought, I didn't hung up. What did I do? I pushed the button. I ended the call. And I thought, I respect this man's walk with God. And I'm getting to know him better. But I just want to honor him. I see him as a person who lives this out. As I said at retreat, he has more impact in this church than anyone else in this room. This guy helped plant the church. You'd never know it because he's humble. He doesn't look for position. He doesn't look for platform. He doesn't look for authority. He walks with Jesus. And I can say for me and just my position, I love that. I respect him because he walks with God and he listens to his voice and he reads the word. He lives a simple life. And so many times I, uh, different like Sunday mornings, are you okay? I'm embarrassing you. Okay, good. <laughs> this is good embarrassment, right? Um, they're like Sunday mornings, you're here. Sometimes I'll see John get up and he kind of just is going across the way. And I'm like, oh, he's hearing God. He's praying for someone. And I love that about you. That you love him first. And then you also love people enough to say, God, is there anything you want me to give away? And so I just want to honor you and say, I'm thankful for you. Your walk with God. I see this as part of who you are. John's a man who's slow to speak and quick to listen, if you know him well. He's intentional, okay? So I could probably say that about a lot of us in this room, but I just want to point out one person, but there's others. And I just want to say, we are created to be that person. So in my journey, when I got to college several years back, it's been a few years, but I remember getting in church and going, I've done the church thing all my life. And then all of a sudden I start seeing people that were authentic that actually walked with God, that actually their character shaped, they actually weren't saying one thing and then going off and watching movies later that I'm like, yeah, that feels weird. Is that okay? Like they were true to who they were and who God was. And that made me go, I want to be like them. Okay? So if you're looking for who to surround yourself with, look for people like that. Look for people that are, that are living a life of worship and love. Okay? And will be shaped into it more. Okay, Revelations 2. You got your Bible turned there? We're just going to look at a quick example of um, 
Jesus speaking and he's pointing out what, what adoration looks like. It, this is kind of a backdoor way of looking at it, okay? We actually have it on the screen too. So I'm reading out of the NIV. If you're like me sometimes and someone's reading the verses and you're like, it's a different translation of my Bible and it's confusing. So, sorry, but there's another option <laughs> to help us, okay? Um, you guys ready? Okay, we're Revelations 2, uh, 1 through 3. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write... These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks along the seven golden lampstands. Uh, okay, that's our, say, that's our Jesus. So, so what he's talking about here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep going, but I just have to say this. This is a symbol of the seven stars are the angels that God has assigned to protect the seven churches at the time. And he holds them in his hand, those angels, those guards. And it says he walks among the golden lampstands. And that actually kind of implies that those are the, the seven churches of the time. And so picture Jesus is walking among the churches, healing and restoring and setting free. And even tonight as we gather, Jesus walks among us. Okay, that's our king. So verse two, um, I know your deeds, your hard work and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardship for my name and have not grown weary. That's awesome. Like that's an awesome life, right? Like we all wanna live that life. This next verse is shocking to me, but I think it's a backdoor way of talking about adoration for a minute. Verse four, that I hold this against you, Jesus speaking, you've forsaken your first love. And he says in verse five, consider how far you've fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you don't repent, I'll come to you and I'll remove the lampstand from its place. So I, want to, I wanted to, us to look at this because it, it gives us a picture of um, what Jesus is really looking for in adoration. The first set of verses were all these awesome things. But he said, you've lost your love for me. And I just want to say, Jesus, actually, he invites us to love him heartedly. And out of that overflow, we actually do the works of God. But it's not about us. When we start forgetting our first love and we start doing the works of God and him working through us, we start forgetting that he's in charge and we're not. Forgetting that he's on the throne and we're not. Okay, so the way to look at adoration is like he's saying here that Jesus is saying, Thanks for doing all those things. It's awesome. But you first loved me. Me, you forgot me. And then he gives a really clear instruction. He goes, he goes, remember where you've come from. So as we wrap up this little part, I want to ask one question for us to think about. What did it feel like when you first met Jesus? If you're like me, you grew up in church and I heard about Jesus all my life, read my Bible, all that stuff. But there was a moment in my life, a season when I was a sophomore in college, where I'm like, oh, he's better than I thought. I fell in love with him. I willfully said, you have all my life. Okay? That's adoration. We want to live life to change the world. I get that. We want to see the kingdom advance. We want to be nice people. <laughs> you know, we want friends and good job and all that stuff. But if we'll go in and say, I want my first love to be my first choice every single day. And as I drive around town, I say, Lord, you're my first love. God, I choose you today. It's just this regular relationship. And out of that place, he takes care of us. And even more than takes care of us, he actually works through us to change the world. It's a guarantee. So I think it's fascinating here that he's actually like, you guys are doing all these things, but I miss you. You guys get that? He didn't say, stop doing those things. He's like, I just miss us. I miss us being together, okay? So if that's you, if that kind of rings true to you, and again, you're gonna hear this in the next three, two parts, the rest of the year through about a different aspect. You'll see it interwoven of who we are. Because this, some people have said, what's 2022 for the young adults? And I'm like, we're just gonna love Jesus. And we're gonna pursue the kingdom of God advancing in our life and other people's lives. We're gonna pursue him healing us and restoring us. That's who we are, what we're doing, okay? Kind of simple, but it's the most satisfying thing we can ever do. And out of the overflow, we're gonna see people healed and restored. We're gonna see our neighbors reach. We're gonna see the world changed. But it starts with saying, 
Tonight, I choose to set my alarm to get up and seek his face tomorrow morning. And if it's boring or hard or difficult, I get that community I was talking about around me and I say, I'm stuck. This isn't that exciting. This Jesus isn't really fun. Can you pray for me? Because I want to know him that way. We got to start with being honest. And then we got to start with approaching him. When we do that, change happens. Okay. All right. You guys good? Jenny's going to come up and share a little something next. So, hello. Okay. Okay, is everybody good? Do you need to, like, do a little exercise? It's, okay, it's five till nine. Are we okay? Okay. All right. Just checking out. Checking everybody. Okay. Um, So, Scott hasn't shown you the little picture. It's coming. Can I can I show? Him? Sure. Okay. So I'm talking about transformation, which is related to adoration. So, um, have you ever had a sibling or a friend or family member who kind of had an experience, and then the next thing you know, they are really different. Like they're mature. Something changed. You're like, whoa, what happened? I don't know. I, I think about uh, my girls go to camp. They just did this recently. They went to this youth weekend. And they come back, and we're like, hmm, I'm seeing some changes there, which is really encouraging as a parent. So, but anyway, it's transformation when we're changed. So that's something that we want to have in our lives. It's Thankfully, there's lots of examples of this in the Bible. Who can name some people in the New Testament who were transformed? Yes, we always think of Paul. Saul to Paul. Who else? Peter, Peter yes, especially after resurrection. He was, uh, he was a changed man. Any? Yeah, okay, good. Who'd you say? Nathaniel, okay, yeah. Thomas, yeah, okay. We have numerous uh, examples of people who were transformed. I thought about uh, like the Samaritan woman, we don't know for sure, but she certainly was the missionary for her town, tax collectors. Um, And then the fishermen, even the people who walk with Jesus, you know, they were fishermen, and they were transformed as they were with him. And actually, that was my next question. What do they all have in common? They are with Jesus, yes. So, you know, some of them had some major encounters where, like Paul, in one moment, he's Saul, he's changed to Paul, he's transformed. But a lot of these other guys, it was just a day-to-day walk with Jesus. Um, they are with him every day. And so it wasn't like overnight transformation. It happened with time. So it's the same for us. We're transformed as we're with him day-to-day. And as we're... And that place of adoration is where we encounter that. Uh, let's look at 2 Corinthians 3, 17 through 18. Okay. Now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is? Freedom. Yes. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate. How's that say? It says contemplate. My, the other Bible had said reflect the Lord's glory, our being transformed, transformed into his image. So it's not we're being transformed into a cool kid. We're being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord as the Spirit. So we get to be transformed when we are with what? With the Spirit, okay? So we can be completely set free from our past, the way we think, the way we grid life. Um, and I just wanted to share a little story of a transformation I had when I was younger. I was... Uh, in high school, dated a guy for a couple years, and we were involved physically. Thank the Lord, I uh, I was not. We didn't uh, have sex, but you know, it's everything else. And I was the soul, soul ties were definitely there. Uh, I my dad had died when I was a kid, so he was filling that father space that I had missing. And when he broke up with me, I was devastated. Of course, um, a couple years later, dating somebody else, you know, think I'm over it. Well, then I'm in college, and I, the first time I had fasted, I learned about fasting, and I was uh, just going down this list of things to pray for, and it came to mind to pray for that guy, and I just started boohooing, and I was like, what's going on? I'm over that, you know? But uh, I was just like, okay, Lord, what are we doing? And I was pretty new in being discipled and things like that. Well, a couple months later, I'm back in my hometown, and his mom invited me to come visit their family because I'd been very close to them. 
I walk in the house and I just pass this mirror. And as soon as I, I just happen to catch my reflection in the mirror and the Holy Spirit said, it's broken. And I felt like it was like this recognition that all that mess had been really broken off my life. I didn't know it. I didn't know I even needed it. I didn't know it, but I he really, he was like, see that time when you were fasting, that's when I did that for you. So um, I share that tonight, not to give you a formula, like you don't have to fast or this. We don't, you know, there really are no formulas. God doesn't always have a way that he brings transformation, freedom for us. But he does say in his word that as we're with him, that he's going to bring wholeness. You know, there's lots of times we don't even think we're like, oh, we're past that. But he's like, no, I want you to be whole. And, you know, we think about what does it mean to be whole? I think about that's the way God created us before we were hurt by other people, before we were hurt by our sin. That's what we want to be is that whole person. Um, so definitely, you know, I think we can be encouraged that as we're worshiping him tonight as you're spending time with him in the morning, as you go, as you're biding with him through the day, that we can walk in faith that we're being transformed. We may not see it, but we can believe for it. In fact, every time I'm getting with Jesus or there are times where I really experience his presence more than others. I don't know if you've had those moments where you're like, that was a powerful moment. Usually when, just for me personally, when the Holy Spirit comes upon me in a way I start crying. I have my, I just, I'm encouraged. I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm experiencing your presence in a greater way than normal, but it doesn't have to be that. But I'll just say that when I walk away from those times, I walk in faith that he's changing me and I may not even know what it is, but later he comes back and he might give me the encouragement of, see, just like that time in the past, the little glimpse in the mirror of how I'm transformed into his image. Like he says, Let's read Romans 12, 1 through 2. Okay. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercies, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So in this scripture... It's not, it doesn't speak so much about, oh, I'm with you and I'm being transformed, but it's something we're doing ourselves. I mean, we have to choose it. We have to not conform to the, the world, but we take action over those thoughts. So if I'm having the thought of, am I a loser? Then we renew our mind. If I'm being hopeless, then I need to renew my mind. If I'm angry, do I have a right to be angry? Maybe I need to renew my mind. Then I'm being transformed. And again, it's that place of, it's both place of faith, even if I don't feel it. And um, also we have to put belief to it. We have to choose to believe. We have to get in his presence. We have to make room for that in our lives, like Scott was talking about with adoration. So we'll be talking about this more in the coming months. just want to ask you a few questions, though. Um, so if you don't mind just taking a moment, we're going to close our eyes. And I just want to, maybe there's something that, uh, might have been stealing your peace today. Maybe some insecurity, anxiety, something that happened to you, you didn't like. I'd like for you to sit, picture yourself sitting with Jesus or just listening. So Holy Spirit, what are you saying about that thing? Anything that comes to mind? Is there any action you need to take? If you heard something, be encouraged. If you didn't, it's okay. Let's keep asking him. Share with a friend, pull in the community. I'd love for you to write something down if you heard it. And my other question to you is, and you can ask Jesus, is how, what do I need to do to encounter him more that can be transformed? Is there something I need to put in my life, a discipline? Do I need to just add some faith to my worship time that I'm being transformed as I'm in his presence? So, okay. Thank you. Amen. Good. I need to add some faith to my worship time. That's so good. Amen. Um, all right. We'll turn the corner here. You guys ready?
is still on. Okay, can you put that last one up? Okay, last part is commission. So again, five months ago, driving down the road, God's like, hey, I want to simplify this journey. I'm going to do that. Is that off? Yes, it's off. God says, I want to simplify that journey. And this is the picture that pops in my mind. So I've been praying this for us for months. And coming through, actually, at a retreat, I felt like God said, okay, let's this next abide. Let's talk about it. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to dig into this in a minute. And I also have um, Christian Van Beber. Everyone love Christian. He's amazing. He made these little cards for us. Okay, so I want to pass these out. And I want to ask that we, if you hold on to these, this doesn't become the bookmark in the book you never read. <laughs> Put it on your mirror. Put it on your dashboard in your car. Put it by your bedside table. Put it in your journal. Give it to a friend. Some place that you're going to look at it and go, oh yeah, this journey's way more simple than I imagined. Okay? That's what I want us to hear tonight. If you're feeling burdened, you're feeling weighed down, feeling like I got a list of to-dos. Anyone else struggle with that at times? Yeah? This life's tiring because I have so much to do. That's Danny on the balance ball. You know, and she did awesome, but all of us aren't as awesome as Danny. Okay, that's, that's, that's what I'm talking about here, okay? So I want to pass these out and just grab one. You can grab a couple, take, and some of these, there's probably show up at Life Group too, but um, um, grab some for friends. Just, we got enough to pass around here. Can you pass it that way? Thanks. Um, so this last part, I want to say a couple real important things. This is funny. I'm like walking around talking. You'll hear me. Um, um, okay. This, this part. Transformation. I said this earlier, but I just want to point out a very important part of this picture. Transformation and commission are connected. Do you guys see that? Adoration is an overflow of those things. We worship him because he's good. Because we're created to do this. Because our life has pain and we need restoration, whatever it is. We worship him because he's, he, he is him. He's God. Okay? Transformation and commission are go together. They aren't mutually exclusive of each other. And I want to be really clear. Hear, hear this, please. When we feel pain in our life, when, we're, when we come face to face with, a, someone said the other day, I had this suppressed memory about pain. And it's real. I mean, our body in, in trauma, sometimes we can just kind of push it away because we don't want to see it, okay? But that person I was talking to, it seemed to me as we talked more, that now becomes their God in a way. My pain, I have to get rid of because it's so acutely real. We've all been there, okay? I'm not minimizing it. I just want us to see transformation and commission are together. So co-mission means there's two people walking on mission together. Co-mission is... Jesus, you and I were walking this life together. So sometimes if you feel that weight of, um, we lived in Portugal and we, the beach was 25 minutes away. Okay? Our older daughter, Maya, loved to surf. I was terrible at surfing. I have no idea. I'm kind of athletic, but I just, I don't understand. Um, but I remember at times like trying to get on a board and she's just surfing away. And I'm like, I can't. here's this wave and just crashes over me. And I'm like, gasping for air. And there goes the board and attached to my leg. And I'm, you know, has everyone had that happen before? That's how, that's how life can feel sometimes, right? Crash over us. And we have to go, Jesus, I want to be transformed right now. But I'm, it's not guaranteed it's going to happen in this minute and the pain's going to go. So sometimes part of our healing comes from loving other people. Part of our healing comes from going to life group, but I don't want to. Part of our healing comes from calling up a friend and saying, hey, I'm really not okay. And I've been put on a good face for a long time. Can I just bring you in? I've done that a few times. And usually what I'll say is, hey, I need this from you. I need to know I'm okay. And please don't go tell everyone else. And I just need to be safe right now. Transformation and commission go together. They're not exclusive of each other. Okay, equally, we don't try to outrun our pain. We don't try to outrun the things done to us and all that stuff that is part of transformation. We did, as Jenny said, we, and this is what she said at, at retreat as well. She said, let's take our wholeness seriously. Let's take ownership of my stuff. Even what was done to me, things that my dad did to me shouldn't have happened. What do I do with them is now mine to own. I can't keep blaming my dad. 
I just got to go, ah, it's hard. What do I need to do, God, to be whole and free? Okay? So adoration, we're created for this. Transformation and commission, those two go together. And as we love him, even when we're having a hard time, even as we adore him and we worship him, he'll open our eyes to needs around us. He'll open our eyes to people that really need his touch. Okay? Um, so let's, I'm going to put this right here. You guys okay? About five more minutes, then we're going to pray, okay? Um, <clears throat> um, Mark 2, everyone turn to Mark 2. Mark 2, 13 through 17. Mark 2. Okay. This is commission. It's transformation. It's adoration. We see all these pieces in there. But again, we're after, hang in there, guys. Listen real carefully. This is about simplifying our journey. Where does job fit into that little category? We love him and we follow him and he obey him. And he gives us great jobs because we need to pay our bills. But he also gives us great jobs because he's on mission to seek and to save the lost. And he doesn't call us to, unless he tells you to, but he doesn't call us to like walk in the break room and go, Jesus loves you, you're all going to hell. You know, that's not, no, that's not commission. It's like, Lord, how do I pray for my neighbors? God, how do you want to love my coworkers this week? Okay. I had a friend actually in college, this is funny for a moment. Uh, I had a friend in college that worked at the library and our library had those bookshelves that you cranked at the end and they, you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. So um, she, she was newly walking with Jesus. She loved him. She wanted people to know him, which I'm so thankful for. But she told me this a couple of days after this happened, that there was a coworker that was actually like in that, and it's kind of dark in there. And she's like, so she starts cranking it closed. And she's like, this is what hell is like. You need Jesus. <laughs> no joke. It didn't work. <laughs> it actually didn't work. But it's a true story, and it's sad. I was like, hey, there's probably a better way than that, unless he tells you to. But anyways, okay, back, back on track. Sorry. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so, verse 13. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake, and a large crowd came to him. Um, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, um, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and he followed him. Levi got up his job, his friends, his social stature, and he followed Jesus. Interesting. Um, verse 15. While Jesus was having dinner with, at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him. And his disciples, uh, and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. Then the teachers of the teachers of the law, who were the Pharisees, saw him eating with sinners and tax collectors, and they asked his disciples, um, "Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners?" And Jesus replied, "It's not for the healthy who need a doctor, but for the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners." Okay, I, I just these couple little verses that are super important. This is commission. Jesus called me. I follow. Now, friends, can you meet this one that just transformed my life? Coworkers, can you just, the, the, I, you got to know him. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to have a dinner together and I'm going to invite my friends. And in the place of community and, and, and sharing a meal together, life gets exchanged. In the kingdom, life gets exchanged. Your Jesus gets exchanged, but they don't have him. Something's different when you invite people in your home and into your life. Okay, that's commission. That's living life with Jesus. That's Levi. He encountered a king and now he's got to let other people know. And he did it in a very normal way. He wasn't weird. I'm doing life. Jesus, you just, I just met you. Can I invite your friends? Hey, can I invite my friends too? Boom, look what happens. Life gets changed. Okay. And then Jesus is a very, very poignant word, which may be familiar to us, but it's important to say this is commission. He rephrases it. He said, hey, I've not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. If you find yourself hanging out with Christians all the time, it might be good to change your circle a little bit. Here's the balance. Life group is your community. They're people to spur you on to love and good deeds. Life group, deeper community of men and women in your life will change you. 
But if you just find there's no one in your life that actually sees this Jesus, we need to make changes. And I'd like to su submit to you that the change can be as simple as, hey, I'm having dinner tonight, I'm inviting my friends from life group and I'm inviting my friends from work. Okay. Um, Zach and Sarah Hartke, they had Friendsgiving uh, in November. Boom, were you guys there? Oh, well you're cheering for Zach and Sarah. Yeah, we love them, they're not here tonight. But so Zach and Sarah, before their Friendsgiving and Thanksgiving, I remember having, um, getting some time with him and he, he said, uh, he was just talking about life group and friendship and the lost. And, and I said, Is there, why don't you and Sarah ask Jesus if there's anyone that you should invite to Friendsgiving because it's our life group. And he's like, okay, we're gonna do that. And he went home, he asked the Lord. There's someone that he felt like God spoke in his job that he had some relationship with. He invited her to come to life group. She came to, life, to that Friendsgiving and she's like, I've never experienced something like this. And I think she's still a part of life group now. And she's friends with Zach and Sarah. And she doesn't know Jesus yet. And she doesn't look like her Christian friends. And that's okay. Because they're praying for her and they're loving her. Okay? So, good? All right. So this is where we're going. If you're wondering where we're going, we're going to fall in love with Jesus more. We're going to pursue him to heal us and restore us. And we want to set the table in life group. We want to set the table in your friendships. We want to set the table at abide for you to invite people who don't know him. Because this is too good to be kept inside this circle. Okay? He's too good to just be kept to our own. And my, my experience has been when I actually reach out and love people intentionally and pray for them, something inside of me gets changed. And we all need that. Okay? Um, so here's what I want to ask on this. And then we got a couple things that we're going to pray over each other and jump in and finish with worship. Um, is I want to challenge everyone to find two, one, two to three people in your life that don't know Jesus. This is not great aunt Mary that lives in New Zealand. I mean, if God tells you to, but this is like you're, someone you interact with. Your neighbor, your coworker, someone in an apartment next to you, someone that you interact with, it, you're like, yeah, they clearly don't know Jesus. Find the ones that were like, they're the farthest that God would ever reach. Find those people and start praying for them. Two to three people, write them a piece of paper and put it somewhere you'll see it every day. And every day, just pray them by name. Pray the person. Lord, we, Lord I ask that you'd meet Bob today. As your boss, whoever. Just pray for him every day. Really simple. And then as you do that, watch your hearts can be changed. He's going to make a way for them. And then when God gives an opportunity, we just love him. We invite him to dinner. We do what we need to do. The second thing I want to say is life group, and this we've been talking to life group leaders about this, is life group is actually meant to be, um, meant to be uh, missional communities. We find community a lot of times in life group, but the missional part can be missing. And so I want to ask everyone to do their part to, to see life group become missional communities. Because sometimes, like Levi, his friends were transformed because they just sat with him around a meal and Jesus. They, they were invited into his life, and in that place, the walls got taken down, and now Jesus comes near, okay? So life group is that kind of place. And if it's not, talk to your life group and go, how can we actually reach the lost world? How can, I, how can we create this environment so I can bring my friends here that don't know him, okay? Um, your life group may start be doing some of these kind of dinners periodically, once a month, once every six weeks, something. A dinner like this. So pray into those dinners and see what God's going to do and then invite your friends, and again, we just want to make space for Jesus. Remember, we're not supposed to seek and save the lost. He does. We're about mission with him. We're walking with him, but we're not supposed to save people. We're supposed to love them. And his love transforms us and transforms them. And we're intentional to be clear as well. I want to be clear about that. Okay, it's not a passivity. It's, an, it's a relationship. And we share that relationship with people. Someone's sick. God, should I pray for him? If they're limping, God, should I pray for their ankle right now? It's hurting. I don't know. I just ask God. That's your day. What if he heals them in that moment? It's worth everything. Okay. All right. We good? Okay. We're a little later. Everyone's okay. Okay. Everyone stand up. Um, here's what we want to wrap up tonight. So this is, this is kind of super practical um, tonight. So if there's something here that you're like, oh, that, that's hitting me. That's drawing me near. I don't know a life of adoration like I want, or I've just been stuck in that cycle of trying to transform myself. Or maybe you're like, I've just forgotten about the loss. Maybe one of those three hit home for you. Then this is the great time to respond to God, okay? But we also went to, where's Bree? Bree. 
that Brie, the other Brie, your Brie, and this is Brie. I bet she doesn't say adoration very much. Do you say adoration very often? Adoration? Yeah. Do you say, Do I word? say it? Yeah. Yeah. Like the word? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think about Great. Hope you think about it more now. Okay. Um, so as we were praying, as the, the prayer team was praying beforehand, there's a couple things we felt like God was speaking. And so we just want to tag team here for a second. And what we're going to do is we're just going to throw out a couple thoughts of things we felt like God was speaking. And if it's you, this isn't, this is, this is a chance to say, yeah, that rings true for me. And we get around and we pray and we pray in faith. And that's where God heals. Okay. At, at retreat, we had people that were physically healed we had people that were, this one person afterwards came to us and said, I felt hopeless all month. When you called that out and invited us to get prayed for, people prayed for me and they're like, something changed in my heart. Hope started filling that void again. Okay. So I, I'm not sure tonight, but I wanted, if one of these things rings true, then we just want to say, hey, let's gather around each other and pray. Let's be vulnerable and see what God will do. Okay. okay. You want to go first one? So, so as we were praying, there's three things that came to mind was anxiety, fear, and doubt. And those three things specifically have to do with familiarity. I'm just super familiar with anxiety, fear, or doubt. Just because it's what I live with. Go ahead, you're allowed. Yeah, um, is that it's comfortable, like it's a normal go-to. Um, when you hit, when your head hits the pillow, it's like, oh, this is, these are my normal thoughts that take me to sleep. Um, and like the Lord wanting to break that off in a way that it no longer feels comfortable or familiar. Um, it feels, dis- it feels uncomfortable and it feels disgusting. Um, so that's one specifically. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So familiarity with anxiety, fear, mm-hmm. or doubt. And that specifically, one thing they felt like God said was no more captivity. Yeah. That maybe you feel like, man, I'm, I'm actually bound by this. I feel captive mm-hmm. to it. I can't control it. And yeah. maybe there's even been people in your life that say, ah, it's just part of life. And I think God wants to highlight that it actually is not part of a healthy life. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that's helpful in this moment, if that rings true, to think, what if it was gone right now? What would I live like differently yeah. if that's that gone? Mm-hmm. That's hope. That thing you touch that you're like, I don't know if it's about, that's hope. What if Jesus really could heal me right now? Okay. The other thing we felt like God said was um, that there's some people in here that there's, some, there's something been taken from you. And I don't think it's like a physical thing. I think it's something inside of you. Something's yeah. been taken from you. Some, yeah, something that came to mind as we were praying was like, um, if you had a rough childhood, you felt like your childhood was taken from you. Um, or there was some piece of you, like you didn't get to experience like the love that a, a, your father had for you or your mother. Um, there was something like that has significantly altered the way you look at the world because you felt like it was taken from you at a young age. Um, and just that the Lord wants to restore that in a way that um, you haven't been able to believe is true or could be restored in that way. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So fear, doubt, anxiety. Okay. What I'm going to ask is if you to raise your hand and to be bold about it. Is that's what, what if it was gone right now? Is what I want you to just fix your eyes on. What if it's true? He can actually set me free. Okay. So that's one thing. And the other thing is, is there something in your life? And I think there's probably a couple people in here that you're like, when we say something was taken from me, you're like, yeah, that, that's that. You don't have to tell anyone in here, but would you just let us pray? Because he's the one that makes all things new. He's the one who restores the years the locusts have stolen, things that have taken from us. He's the restorer of those things. And he wants to right now. Okay. So if, can you get the lights? You want to get them? Okay. Um, so, ready? Some boldness, just that vulnerable place. If one of these rings true for you, just raise your hand. Okay. And why don't we gather around them? There's a lot of hands. Gather around them if, if you're, if your hand is in the air and just at, if you want to share with them for a moment, but let's pray in faith. Let's pray in faith because something can change right now. Okay, so take time. Let them hear you pray. Okay, just take a couple minutes and pray.
Cheers. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Yeah, Lord, we, we just agree. We declare, just this verse keeps going through our mind. The mindset in the spirit is life and peace. The mindset in the flesh is death, anxiety, fear, doubt, mistrust. The, the mindset in the spirit is life and peace. So we declare, Lord, over every person to raise their hand, life and peace tonight. As they go to bed, Lord, as they wake in the morning and there's that question of, is it still there? I just, in Jesus' name, we ask for life and peace over their minds, God, that they would start feeling and thinking differently, Lord. And, in, and as well, Lord, we just break every demonic spirit, every place of oppression that's been passed on to people, generations of depression. And in Jesus' name, we just ask you, Lord, to break those generations off. And we declare over people in this room that it's a new day, God. It's a new beginning. It's a new hope.